You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you listening in. And we have one of our favorite guests on today, Mr. Chris Ritter from the AACA Library up in... uh, up in the north somewhere. No, he's. we know where he is. He's up in Philadelphia at the new AC, AACA construction. And uh, we're going to get an update on... We heard last week from Steve Moskowitz, who is the executive director of AACA, all about these fabulous things that were going on and going to happen in the library. And... And he blamed Mr. Ritter for every one of them and said that they were Chris's great ideas and uh, they were coming about. So we thought, well, it only makes sense to get Mr. Ritter on and talk to him about it. So, Chris, welcome to America's... I should say welcome back. We've we've been very fortunate and Chris has been on several different times and we always enjoy talking to him, beating him to death with these hardball questions. And welcome back, Chris. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Yes, it always is. I think you have the most Im- that you're what you're doing is the most important part of of AACA. Oh. Yeah, oh boy, here we go. No, just cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um that uh without you and your what you guys do to to supply all of us who own cars and restore cars with information, um we couldn't do it. No. No, it no. would be just nothing. Well, especially when you want to find out the firing order of a one-cylinder Chalmers. Yeah, it's two. Two? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, two, yes. one, two. Yeah. yeah. You s- so, anyway, what's going on with the library? I don't think he's there anymore, David. Steve? Or, or uh, Chris? Well, he should be. I don't don't know where he's gone. Chris. 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 Are you yeah, you're there? Here. Yeah. Okay, so what's going on with the library? <laughs> yeah, right now it's it's chaos here. We're we're in the midst of our big move and uh the headquarters staff is in the lower level of the library. So in between all of the people, there's lots of boxes, uh, you name it, copy machines, photocopiers. It's uh, it's a nut house here. But uh, in just a few months, we'll be in our new building, and we're looking forward to that and uh, getting really scared right now about the, the thought of the actual physical move of the library. We have close to 3 million items, and where you, the library staff is going to do the majority of that moving, so it's, it's definitely a, a big task coming down the road. Well, what's it like having uh, the executive director sitting right next to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in our lobby area. Originally, he <laughs> wanted to be in my office, and then he'd be looking over my shoulder out uh, out in the front desk area, but fortunately, I was able to encourage him to have his new 
new desk down in the lobby so that he could get back and forth between the lobby and the headquarters staff on the lower level. Are, are, <laughs> he, are you, he took the bait. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys open for normal business now or whatever you can do? Are you doing stuff? Yeah, what we're doing primarily is remote research. Uh, officially, we are closed to on-site visits due to the pandemic and due to the fact that it's just it's too crowded and chaotic here with all the national headquarters staff. So if you call ahead, uh, we can bring copies or anything that you need out to your vehicle if you show up here in Hershey. But if you're not able to come to Hershey, of course, we'll help you by phone, by email, fax, physical letter, however you, whatever's best for you. So you can still do what you normally do, to some degree anyway. We can. The, the collection right now is probably, at the moment, 90% accessible. We have all of our reference books boxed up already, but the the literature, the real heart of the collection, the owner's manual, sales literature, paint chips, that sort of stuff, uh, that is currently accessible. And it probably will be up through mid-September. Oh, that's that's incredible. And uh, any schedule on when you're going to move the Philadelphia Library Automotive Collection? Uh, that'll probably happen. We'll see. You know, Philadelphia with the pandemic is in a whole different ball game right. with then Hershey. So uh, it, it's probably the balls in the Philadelphia Library Court and the, the, the city of Philadelphia. So I'm expecting probably November, December, and that actually works well with us you know, for us because then we can just have to move it one time to our new location. Yeah. Chris, uh, I understood that you were trying to recruit a lot of people with strong backs and weak minds, and Steve raised his hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can pick up a sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah, we're going uh, <laughs> to need very strong backs and very weak minds to do all of the moving that's going to be in front of us. But we're going to have help with the moving company, but like I said, the staff's going to do most of it, and we'll, the staff will definitely direct the the, uh, hired help. Well, Steve, Steve said something about one book at a time. Yeah, <laughs> small paperback. That's how it was. Paperbacks. The old about eating an elephant yeah. one, yeah. one bite at a time. Yeah, paperbacks. So when you go through this stuff, uh, I know when you get Philadelphia, you're going to have a lot of duplicates. So you're going to have a whole bunch of stuff for sale. I would imagine. Yeah, the the agreement with the Philadelphia Public Library that that's actually an agreement between AACA and the Simeon Museum in Philadelphia. So the the way we're going to distribute the material is it's going to go based on each organization's mission. So actually, the racing material will, will have a better home at the Simeon Foundation, whereas owners' manuals and sales literature may have a better home at AACA. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Between the two organizations. Even the stuff that we pass on and, and you know switch back and forth, uh, there's going to be a lot of duplicates. And our hope is to, whether it's next year in 2021 or the year after in 2022, have a real grand, grand scale literature auction during Hershey Week. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that'll be really exciting. Good. Good. Hey, I, I have a sort of related uh, question. But the gentleman in Syracuse that passed away recently that was the big literature dealer, do you have any idea what happened to his collection? Actually, as a well, matter of fact, uh, just this past week, I heard that Walter Miller's material was 
it sent it was sent to a private museum in somewhere in the Midwest. I want to say. Okay. I, at at the moment, the the gentleman's name is, is is escaping me, but I don't know whether it'll become accessible to the public, whether it'll be chopped up and sent off to various collections, private collections throughout the country or world. Uh, but I do know at this point it is not in Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah, well, I understood that they wanted to do it in one lot and not break it up. Yeah. 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 Okay. So from what I heard, it was eleven tractor trailer loads of material. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was a huge warehouse. I mean, it's just enormous. And uh, he'd been doing this for. What, what was it? What was the main? Every, part of it. Everything, all literature. Walter Mil- Miller had, he, he sat an ad in Hemmings for, what, 30, 40 years, Chris? Probably. Yeah, yeah, if you if you wanted something, you yeah. you would reach out to him and he would get it for you. Yeah, interesting guy. Yeah, well, the problem, yeah, I, I'm, I, it's his stuff and more power to him, but, you know, I, I the point of, of this literature stuff is to make it accessible to people. Yeah, they're restoring and 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 repairing these cars. And if this stuff goes into somebody else's dark cave, what's the point of it? Yeah. I don't I don't uh, get it. I I just never have. Well, Walter yeah. Walter was in business. This was his business. He sold well, that's okay. literature. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. But now he's not in business. Uh, no, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, we don't that's know that. The danger profile. of that's sort of the danger of large private collections. Well, danger is maybe not the right word. Yeah. It's sort of what I would say is the the downside to large private collections and why we're so excited that with the Philadelphia Public Library collection, that wasn't sold off to some private collection, that we're able to bring it back to life between Simeone and AACA, and even the Philadelphia Public Library is going to be spreading the word about it. So yeah, all of a sudden a collection that wasn't used very much is now going to be brought out into the light of day and and used quite a bit. Chris, with that being said, I've got to ask a question because of a a situation I'm going through right now, but in all of your years in in getting libraries like this that, that are transferred into your possession, basically, what is the most unique thing you've ever found stuck in a book? <laughs> uh, that's uh, well. <laughs> I think it was. Library, yeah, I think at a public library that I was working at, there was in the book return there was. Uh, uh, I guess it's probably not suitable for the airwaves. What was in between? It was the, a book about Trojans, the warriors, the warriors, the war Trojan warriors. That's right. A, a very unique bookmark, we'll say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Better than a hundred dollar bill, huh? <laughs> yeah, I wish I could come across hundred dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the other thing is with the Philadelphia Library Collection, Doctor Fred and the AACA Museum will be accessible to everyone, and that to me is is phenomenal, especially with the rare and exotic stuff that Fred has. So. Yeah, for import cars especially. Yeah, yeah the, race uh, cars. and yeah. The ACA library and uh, Dr. Simeon are both very interested in helping out the public. Um, yeah. We are open to the public uh, for free, and uh, of course Dr. Simeon will help out people uh, if, if they're interested in getting research help from there as well. Yeah. Chris, how, how many square feet will the total library be? I mean, how huge is this? I, I don't know. What I'm listening to is, holy, you, you're going to have to take a segue to get around it. <laughs> uh, new library will be about 17,000 feet, very roughly. 
Uh, it, it'll certainly be a, a larger area for the for the public to come and enjoy. Uh, the storage for the the high density room that we have to sort our sales literature. That's probably uh, going to double our our capacity. Uh, once we get the Philly collection, it's gonna it's gonna fill that extra capacity up a bit. But we're gonna still have plenty of room to grow into the future, and uh, probably won't have to worry about any kind of library expansion for the rest of my career, at least. <laughs> well, well, have you got uh, rest areas for old people like Steve that are going through it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a we'll be on the second floor, so they'll just have to use the elevator to get upstairs. And then once you are upstairs, uh, yeah, there's. I think we're gonna have close to a dozen seating air, seats uh, and tables. So uh, very comfortable. If Steve wants to take a nap, he's welcome to do that. <laughs> well, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Moskowitz says you're gonna throw a rope down through a hole, and we have to climb up the rope to get to the library. Is that true? Uh, just you, Steve. Just okay. you. <laughs> as long as he's wearing one of his hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Go, going another direction, the Detroit Free Public Library Automotive Collection, I understand that's in pretty bad shape. Is that yeah, correct? I mean, I, I'm not able to officially comment on, on that. I haven't been out there to see that collection, uh, but it is, from what I have heard, is that what was once a great and well-funded and well-staffed collection is now sort of gone uh, uh a little bit into disrepair, but uh, I'm not sure of what their situation is now or, or, or what their plans are for that collection going into the future. Can, can you know, I, I don't know. I've never used them. I've only ever used AACA and, and, and friends that I, that, that I know, people that I know. Uh, is is like Det- is Detroit's collection available? I mean, can you? It access- used to be. Is it Pat accessible? Pat and I used to. Pat yeah, Braden, Braden and I. Yeah, yeah. 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 Last I last I heard was that the collection was set up so that uh, you would call ahead or email ahead with your request, and then as their staff time opened up and as they were available, they would respond to you, which is a real long. Sad, oh, yeah. uh, far cry from when you could just physically go anytime you want. Uh, right. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's sad to hear. That. Yeah, and and I know a lot of the clubs and the you know the the uh, are are having a problem. Number one, storing some of these massive things that they have. Yeah. Like horses' carriages in a in a in a stupid mini warehouse. I'm waiting to see it come up on storage wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another collection that I haven't been been to. Uh, but yeah, certainly all the special collections have to figure out what's best for them and the club, and that's why we offer our services. We house special collections here, and uh, you know we kind of we kind of help people out or help clubs out by storing their material in our in our state of the art facility. But at the same time, it's, it's good for us because we fill our shelves and have more resources to draw from when we're answering research requests. Chris, obviously. Everybody's been affected by the pandemic, and I'm sure as have you all. But what I'm curious about is after the pandemic, have you all taken in in your planning and redesigning and designing and construction, have you taken in effect what if it does, what if it happens again, or what kind of plans are are on the table? pandemic specific plans for the library there there haven't been any formal written plans put in place 
the club itself has adopted some policies so that they can put on the Grand National in a few weeks uh, and also uh, Hershey, the Saturday portion of, of that whole uh, event. Uh, so, yeah, some, some policies have been adopted, but as far as long-term pandemic planning, we, we haven't put anything into writing, and hopefully hopefully we're making a wise move there. But uh, we've, we've all, I mean, everybody, not just the library, everybody in the world has learned quite a bit from this. Uh, should it ever come up again, I'm sure we'll, we'll approach it uh, a little wiser, we'll say. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Grand National, I, I, I got an e- we got an email from headquarters about it moving to Gettysburg. Correct. Yeah, that just happened. Uh, it was originally to be hosted at the Bulgari Collection in Allentown, a uh, beautiful facility. Oh, they yeah. Have a yeah. drive-in movie theater. Uh, obviously, Bulgari, Mr. Bulgari's collection would have been on display, but... Uh, there were some concerns with the pandemic and liability issues, uh, and they decided that it wasn't the best time for them to host that. So, fortunately, uh, Steve Moskowitz was able to scramble and uh, secure the new facility, which is in, in Gettysburg. It's at the, the Wyndham Complex. AACA has had several... Oh, uh, yeah, the, the Eisenhower. There. The Eisenhower stuff, yes. used to call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plenty of trailer parking, uh, beautiful complex, uh, huge amount of space so that social distancing can occur. Uh, so fortunately, you know, in the last the last hours here, like I said, Steve was able to, although it's unfortunate that we can't be at the Bulgari Center, it's very fortunate that we're still able to have a, a Grand National event. Boy, that, that really took some hustling on his part to make that happen, I'm sure. Yeah, he just signed the contract with the hotel yesterday, so there was a little bit of relief uh, in his eyes after he got back from that meeting. Well, I, I hope if anybody calls, if one of the things, if you put out your brochure, and I know you'll probably have maybe some input on that, and I don't know if they're doing it, but I would surely recommend anybody that's going to go to Gettysburg, if you have the time, to get a battlefield guide. Don't do it on your own. Get get one of the certified battlefield guides from the National Park and have them take you around. Yeah, these guys are just wonderful. I have a friend that was in my unit in Vietnam that became one. They go to school for six months. They take a oh, one-day wow. oral exam and a one-day written exam. Wow. There. Wow. Yeah, yeah no it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and he just retired from doing it. John just retired. Wow. And I did, he, you know, he did it, you know, he didn't charge us. And they aren't that expensive even if you pay them, but they... Oh. They, they make the whole thing come to life, and if anybody's going and you do have some time, uh, by all means, I don't know if they're doing it. I don't even know if the battlefield guides are doing it with all this yeah. COVID stuff going around. That, that um, uh, It's well worth it. it. It makes the whole thing just come to life. These guys are great. Yeah. Mm. yeah good advice. They didn't have that when I was there. They've always had them. They've had them for... Yeah, forever. The list goes back 70, almost Oh, 70 no, this has been, this has, they've had them for years and years and years. But it, it you have to go to the headquarters and re, get one and reserve one of these guys. There's not that many, but it, it's it's well worth it uh, um, to do. Yeah, that's stunning. For It is, it know. absolutely is, because, you know, you, I even though... I've read a bunch of books and seen the the movies. And it, it, these guys just can make it come to life for you. Yeah. It's just amazing to do. 
So anyway, are you going to have anything there at the at the Grand National? The library itself uh, probably won't be at the at the Grand National. Uh, we'll be there for the the fall meet show in October with the library bookmobile. Right now, that bookmobile is down in Virginia in uh, Roanoke at the Virginia Museum of Transportation. So we'll get that back probably in September and then have it back on display in uh, in October. So Mr. Cox stole the bookmobile is what he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the way that uh, the way that we are with our our uh, our move and all the need for storage facilities, it's very very fortunate that uh, the museum is able to help us out and, and store it for us. How are the truck sales going? The Lego truck. Yeah, that that was just a limited run. So oh. you were lucky enough to get one, and uh, I don't know that we'll ever bring that back. That was just a oh, one, one run collector's set. I think we did fifty five of those. Oh really? Yeah. So yeah. so that's that's increasing in value every day. It's sort of like Tesla stock. You got it. Yep. The sky's the limit. And wait until they get in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, do you have a separate, and, I, I, and I'm just ignorant about, you know, I haven't been to your library, but do you have a separate section on electric cars and kind of the history? Because, like, the Baker Electric was in the teens. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah, we have... Uh, uh, Based on Dewey, uh, the electric cars definitely have their own separate number, and it's probably two shelves full. And, and most of those books are are nineteen uh, hundreds, early nineteen hundreds yeah. books. Oh yeah. Know, so yeah. Now you might want any newer books. You might want to explain the Dewey Decimal System to <laughs> the younger people because they've probably never heard of it. Oh yeah, what <laughs> yeah. is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, the way we work, they just tell us what they're looking for. We track it down for them, so they don't even need to know it. Yeah, God, I remember Point. that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Where, where, wait a second. Where in the library is your Cardex? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't have one of those either. Oh, Lord. <laughs> those were the days. We're a modern, state-of-the-art yeah. facility. Yeah, the best part that happened in those those ancient days yeah. was National Geographic. We always had a guy working working for the librarian who would get it first and, and cut the pictures out, with the, <laughs> the page out with a woman with a basket on her head <laughs> and pass it all around the school. Oh, man. <laughs> and a goofy librarian said, well, I don't know why there's always pages ripped out of the National Geographic when we get it. I don't know either. I can imagine. <laughs> oh, gee. Steve's showing his age. Yes. I know. Yeah. Oh, boy. I guess that happened. Uh, I were the same age anyway, but I guess that happened in every Of course it did. Sure. Of course it did. Yeah. We had one guy that really, really got for it and tried to tried to, to send in a card and have the library subscribe to Nudist Monthly, but that never, that never happened. <laughs> never, never flew. Huh? Never, never got going. Just National Geographic. That was it. Yeah. That was our sex education back then. Oh, Lord. Yeah, we, we just have car magazines here at the AAC. <laughs> Thank God. Well, I'm going to leave you my collection. It's in the will already. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll expand our horizon. Yeah. Oh, man. The Dewey Decimal System. Gosh. That's yeah, yeah. Named after Governor You know, another Dewey. way that we're trying to uh, make the library come alive is in uh, 
in the new year, we're going to be having a whole bunch of different public programs. So we're going to try to do a speaker series. Uh, we did a Pinewood Derby at our last annual convention that was a big hit. So we're going to bring that back in, in uh, February in Philadelphia. And then uh, we're going to do an Indy 500 watch party. So you'll ah. be able to come to the library and hang out with a bunch of car guys and watch it on our big screen. Good. And then uh, in the summer, we, we want to bring up, maybe Steve, you've done this with your uh, your early vehicles, uh, one of those skills competitions where you see who can crank the car the fastest. Or I remember <laughs> the old videos where cars yeah. would balance on balance beams. So we're going to try to do that. As there, well. well, there's two parts to when you do that. It's who can crank it the fastest and who can swear the loudest. Well, <laughs> uh, there's a third part, and who breaks their wrist. Yeah, yeah. who breaks their yeah. wrist, yeah. <laughs> or, or Everybody uh, right? breaks their wrist. <laughs> uh, Chris, I, I asked Steve this the other day when we were talking to him. In the library, do you have... Is it sectioned off uh, where you'd have a particular war vehicle area? Yes. Yeah, we do. Uh, again, Dewey assigns a very specific call number for that, uh, and our military vehicle section is probably probably three shelves full. So you're talking, you know, several dozen books on on military topics. Hmm. Do you have any Vietnam era stuff in your military? I'm sure we do. Well, off the top of my head, I can't give you a, a list of titles, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that we do. Yeah, I, I, I would. I, it, it, when if you get anybody to get a chance, and they get, when everything gets up, I'd like to have a picture of our strike team jeeps that had the cow catcher in the front to break the piano wire, that had a 50 caliber mounted in the back. And an M60 on the side, and of course no windshield, and, and a three-man strike team. Wow, that's an imposing vehicle. It really yeah, it was. We had either 50 calibers or 177 recoilless, but the 50 caliber was was my favorite. Okay, yeah, I'll have to look those up. See if I'll have something to do later today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, 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 I think what you have a 1937 Buick or Pontiac you're restoring. I have a 37 Buick coupe that's on the road, and uh, I have a 37 Oldsmobile now as well. Ah, a, a coupe also? No, that way. Well, the coupe was the first car. That's my wife and I got that before we had kids, and we had two little boys, so we had to get a, a two-door touring sedan so that every the whole family can hop in the Oldsmobile. Beautiful. So it, it's your father's Oldsmobile then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was Steve Moskowitz's old. I know. Oh, I was just going to say, I know who got you that car. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, he didn't use it enough, so I convinced him to sell it to me, and uh, I got it. Well, I guess it was last spring, and it uh, took a little bit of work, but yeah, it's, it's serving us quite well right now. Good. Yeah, they're good cars. So six or an eight, the Oldsmobile. It's the eight. It's oh yeah, wow. that's a good yeah. car. Yeah. We're going to need to uh, take one of our breaks right quick. Uh, Chris, will you be able to stay with us? I absolutely will be, sure. All righty. We'll, we'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. That's a car show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. And we want to remind you, definitely call J.C. Taylor Insurance if you're looking for insurance for your classic car or your street rod, whatever it might be, J.C. Taylor can handle it. And uh, be sure and mention the fact that you heard about them on America's Web Radio if you had never heard about them before or seen one of their many ads. But they are fantastic. And we'll be uh, introducing a new uh, sponsor here before long, I believe. So... With that being said, let's get back to the Classic Car Show and our guest, Mr. Chris Ritter, who is the head librarian at AACA. And uh, Chris, as always, this is, this is a fun show and fun talking to you about what's going on up there. And uh, I guess what, what, is the, what would you classify as the most innovative thing that we can look forward to? That's a, a good question, just because the whole facility is... The, when you compare the library today with how it's going to look a year from now and the national headquarters a year from now, uh, everything's going to be different. Uh, so it's just the innovation is, is the ability to make the library collection come alive and the ability to show it off to the public. We have a huge parking lot facility that can hold 100... I, think it, I believe it's 188 cars. So we'll be able to have our own cruise-ins or our own small uh, car shows outside of our national event. Um, but then we'll also be able to host car clubs that come through. Pierce Arrow Society is having an, having one of their events in the Hershey area next year. So one, a plan for them is to come out for the day. They can tour the library and see our car display. That's and, great. Uh, Sort of have a little gathering in our parking lot. I, I tried to join an. I, I tried to join a society once, but they said, "No, you're a club kind of guy." Oh, <laughs> uh, Chris, I, I started to ask, and this goes right along with what Steve said: was how hard was it getting the donations up for the sign that reads, "If your name is Ronaldo." <laughs> yeah. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if we have a special sign <laughs> just for Steve, but uh, Mr. Moskowitz is handling all the signs, so ask what his plans are for that. Did, did they come up when they built the building? Did they did they add the uh, a theater style conference room and stuff that they were going to do? Yeah, there's a very large conference area that'll have screens and projectors, but then the library portion, we actually have a, a classroom, so it'll be a lab style seating uh, and the nice thing about that we we designed it so all the chairs and tables are stackable so we can modify the room based on the size of the crowd that we're expecting but in that room we'll be able to do able to do everything from showing films to uh, we, we got some 3D printers here in the library so we can kind of make it a wow. technology center uh, 
it, it's just a really unique space that we're going to be How able big? To How do many a lot people? How many people can be in there? Uh, in the library classroom, it's it's coded for uh, thirty people. How about the? Thank you. Thank you. How about the? How about the? Uh, a big room, the the conference room, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the conference room will probably be able to com- accommodate about fifty people. So, well, that's great. So we can have some of our meetings there anyway, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's like I said, it's going to be a real flexible space, and different different groups are going to be able to use it, not just AATA. You are also developing a youth program with videos and and automotive related games and things like that. Is that still ongoing? Yeah, that collection, our, our video, our antique video game collection, uh, that, that's another portion that's packed up and ready for the move, but it'll have a prominent location in the new building. And then uh, films, we digitize. We built our own film scanner because we didn't want to spend $100,000 to $300,000 on a scanner, so we built one by ourselves for, I think, 5500 What's a film scanner do? I don't even know what it does. Another area Steve won't be invited to. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know what it does. I have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's a good question because, uh, yeah, how do you get a 16 or 35-millimeter film into digital digital format and the way we do it is we have a special uh, machine that pulls the, the uh, film over a light box and then we just take a picture of every single frame on a reel and then have software that stabilizes the image and cleans it up and extracts the audio so it's just uh, it's archival one picture cool. at a time and Here. then piece, piece all those pictures together that's cool. You, you realize Steve's cool. first question will be, where do you change, where do you change the oil? Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, but they are talkies, right? Yeah, most of them are. That's, that's, that's in, great. I- incredible what you guys are pulling up. Now, there's, there's three of you, right? And you all have a master's in library science? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's me, uh, Mike Riley, and Matt Hawker, and, and I'm so proud of the team. Uh, we really have a, a team here on, on staff here. Yeah. Each of us have unique and uh, unique capabilities and skills, and they all complement each other. So, and, how just, do you get uh, to be so lucky that you get our harassment? <laughs> well, I can give you their number if you ever want to have them on the show. <laughs> well, you know, it'd be three against three if. if Chris and, and the other two got on to yeah. be at three here. Um, yeah. Which one is the Lego enthusiast? Or are they both? That's Matt. Matt. Yeah, that's yeah. Matt. Okay. He, he doesn't work on Saturdays, though, so you won't, <laughs> won't get a chance to talk to him live. He's got to take time out to play with his Legos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so when are you coming down with the Mobile to Atlanta? Well, whenever we get an official invite, we can probably figure something out. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to see one of these videos, is that possible? Is that is that something that can happen? Sure. If you go to the, the library's website, which is aacalibrary.org, you'll see uh, a little red icon, and that's just the icon for YouTube. And that'll take, a, take you right to our YouTube collection. And when you follow that link, uh, all you got to do is scroll through our many videos. But I think we have... Close to a thousand up there. Whoa, a couple hundred. Yeah, there. yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, some of them are thirty seconds long, and others are are full feature, hour plus videos. So yeah, take some time there. Uh, 
grab some refreshments because you may end up spending a lot of time enjoying <laughs> yourself. That's cool. I, that's really yeah. neat. Do you, do you have a Dewey Decimal System for it or, or an index? <laughs> no, or no, no, no. You, you can search by keyword. It's a lot faster if you're not familiar with the Dewey System. Yeah, because I didn't know you guys even did that. I mean, the and, and, you know, I'm somewhat involved, not maybe as much as a lot of people, but I never even knew you guys did that stuff. Well, the reason that we started is because the the club used to loan out 16 millimeter film mm. to regions and chapters throughout sure. the country. I remember and that. And as you can imagine, not too many regions and chapters have 16 millimeter projectors anymore. So there was a push to get it converted to VHS, I think, in the mid to late 80s. Uh, but those deteriorated as well. So we took the masters. And it's it's amazing what you can do when you don't have a budget. That's why three guys. <laughs> came up with the that's why we're on the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's really yeah. cool. I, yeah. I'm going to have to have to look. What other sort of hidden things do you guys yeah, have that yeah. nobody knows about? It, it's revelation time. <laughs> oh, we can't give all our secrets away. You have to come visit us. No, the uh, the Fisher Body Craftsman Guild collection that we have here, I think, is phenomenal. Holy yeah. smoke! Wow. Yeah, we have about uh, 26 models in our collection. And if you're not familiar with the Craftsman Guild, that was a program from 1931 to 1967 where General Motors and the Fisher Body Corporation, or division, uh, had a competition. So you could either build the Fisher Body coach or you could design your own vehicle. And then uh, the students would enter those vehicles in regional competitions and the winners of those competitions went on to Detroit for the national meet, and uh, national winners would then get college scholarships. Wow! You know well, yeah. that's great. With that said, it was a great recruit. It was a great recruitment tool for Fisher Body as well. Yeah. yeah. Many know, of the graduates of the Guild program went on to become designers for General Motors. The the three of us grew up in the in the time frame or era that uh, the excitement of the new body style every year and you'd you'd go down to the dealership be it Ford or Chevy or whatever and try to look under the paper over the over the windows and stuff oh, to see if you could they all did the little hole yeah <laughs> so you could peep in yeah, yeah. and uh, you know and, and do you have any reference to that in the and how it's changed now and and yet today they could do it much easier than they did back then with the CAD systems and all that but I did start what two or three years in advance of drawing literally on the drawing table and uh, change the design for 2023 or whatever 2025 but do you all have any reference to that and what it used to be yeah well we have we have um Binders and portfolios that were issued to dealers uh, describing how each dealership should launch the new model. So it would have marketing materials in there, mm-hmm. ideas for posters and signage. Uh, so from that, you know, from the dealer perspective, you would you would be able to kind of kind of oh. relive those moments, okay. but actually. Chris, that brings up another question, and and it just dawned on me as you were saying that. Do you have an advertisement section like, see the USA in your Chevrolet, and and the different ads that ran for all the all the different cars back then? Okay, Dinah. <laughs> yeah, we have a few we have a few commercials on our our library site. I mean, sorry, our the library's YouTube site. So 
like I said earlier, when you get to the YouTube page, if you just search for commercial, you'll, you'll be able to see some stuff there. But uh, another uh, website that we manage is ads.aatalibrary.org, ads and that has, I think, 20,000 different automotive ads, wow. and those are arranged by keyword and by manufacturer. And we only did nineteen thousand of them. Yeah. <laughs> how about dealership stuff? How 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 the dealership system has evolved from nothing to you know back in us in a store with a picture to where we are today with mega dealers. Yeah, like a, a, so we'd have plenty or a, not plenty, but a few secondary secondary source type materials like books and and maybe some magazine articles about dealer evolution, but the. You know, if you really want to dig deep, like I mentioned with the new model launches, lots of dealer material as far as marketing and how to lay out your dealership going back. To, I've seen those as early as the, the 1930s, so it, it's, it's pretty cool and, to and, do an analysis that way. And, and you had all of the uh, little uh, stickers and our emblems and our license plate uh, covers that came from the, the dealers, but my... Uh, Chevrolet dealership in the city that I'm from, Lubbock, Texas, they had the most unique, and I would hope that you all would have an example of it. Their little, not sticker, but their little emblem that they placed on every Chevy that they sold, it was called Ralph Penny Chevrolet. And in the middle of the Chevrolet emblem was a penny. And uh, it was, it it had to be classic. And I don't know whether you all have one or not, but uh, I don't even know if they're still in business. But Ralph Penny Chevrolet. Hmm. Yeah, we do not have one of those in our collection, but it does sound pretty darn cool. Oh, it was. So, and uh, and uh, you'd see the, you know, the Chevrolet emblem. And it wasn't maybe uh, four inches long in total, but it was on the, uh, if, it, if it was a sedan, it was on the trunk lid. And if it was a station wagon, it was, uh, I believe, down in the left-hand rear corner. But uh, you ought to see if, or I tell you what, I'll, I'll call some of my friends and see if they can get us one. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, uh, going back to the Fisher Body Craftsman Guild, um, I remember in high school that they had a group, three gentlemen would come out and they would do a short film or a slide presentation and bring some of the models, including uh. the craftsman carriage, and try and recruit people. And this, I, I, I distinctly remember twice having it happen. Really? Yeah, yeah. They And they did it, and they did it all over the country. That was I, I yeah. Every, everybody yeah. that I've spoken with, I mean, they just they they love the program. Had great memories. Yeah. of the program, but, but just to see these models and imagine 15, 16-year-old kids working on them all year, yep. uh, dedicating thousands of hours and then entering in competition. That's really, really cool. I didn't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, here's some from my standpoint, you know, because I do all my own, most of my own stuff. Uh, special tools. What? Uh, if we I'm, do not have a tool collection, a physical you tool don't. collection. We have dozens of catalogs on dealer tools or aftermarket tools, but as far as the physical tool collection we don't have, at one point we tinkered with the idea of, of hosting a, a lending library of tools, but 
we figured things would turn or broken. Yeah, but you do have 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 information because a lot of times, especially when you get to the cars prior to, we'll just say Model A, we'll just say you know 1930. Uh, they were all kinds of things that you had to have to do things because everybody yeah. made their own stuff. Uh, so, so you do have information on that. If you if you really need something, you might be able to get because the the shop manuals for these early. I picked my 1909 Maxwell, for example. <laughs> uh, it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. There is no shop manual. You have a driver's manual. And the one that always gets me is valve adjustment. Valve adjustment is adequate. <laughs> and and if, if it's not adequate, locate a competent blacksmith and have them either lengthen or shorten the valve till you get adequate valve clearance. And I've been looking around for a, black, a blacksmith, a competent blacksmith, for a long time, and I can't yeah, find one. Yeah, it's easy to find a blacksmith, but one that's competent. That's, the, uh, that, that's, that's the kicker. That's I think you can kicker. go to the uh, phone directory and look under... William Smith, maybe a blacksmith. But some of this stuff you can't do do things without the special tools. Like I've had my wife, I did. A, she had a Mercedes 250 SL, and that thing is loaded with special tools. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the uh, lots of our owners' manuals and parts list. Yeah, they will show that at least a picture, so you can get an idea what you need to make by yourself. Uh, but the Philadelphia Public Library collection that's coming to us, it is loaded with pre-war, pre, you know, loaded teens, 20s, 1930s, uh, owners' manuals, and parts lists as well. So our, our ability to answer those questions is going to increase greatly yeah. once we get well, that collection. You know, there's a sad, sad side of that story is that the three of us, well, four of us, uh, probably within reason would know what each individual tool would do or as far, maybe, unless it's something really, really special. But in general, we'd know what they were for. And uh, it's sad to say that most kids would take a look at it and not have a clue. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, but it's on us to educate them, right? That's true. Is, yeah. Do you, is there a place that a, a, a group or a club that's dedicated to this special tool stuff? Is, is there a group? You might know. I, I never thought about uh, it. No, I haven't yeah. come across one. There's groups cool. for spark plugs, for Petroliana in general. Yeah. Uh, hmm. But as far as just special tools, if there's one, I haven't come across it yet. Boy, that'd be like measuring the number oh, of God, angels that send, could dance on the head of a pin. We send boxes. We yeah. Used to send, yeah, manufacturers, working for manufacturers, we would send boxes. And the guys never used it. They had all these little pushers and pressers and stuff. They still went to their damn toolbox and got a socket. None of this stuff was ever used. <laughs> and a hammer. Yeah, it never got used, you know. So yeah. about, I, I just wonder. How about, a, you know, how many people would know what a ring compressor is? A jewelry store. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a diet. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. Um, I, I just want to mention something, and it's just an idea that I had. As you get established, and let's say it's three years or five years, and I assume that Mr. Moskowitz has a three-year or five-year plan, 
Have you considered going out and doing presentations to schools? Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, the bookmobile is going to be a large part of that. Wonderful. So we're in the process of writing a grant that during the summertime, the bookmobile would be on the road with a, a dedicated person, probably, you know, of a, off the quick top of my head, a retired teacher would be ideal at that. Somebody who's comfortable yes. speaking with people and can really present information well and drive the bookmobile and the trailer to go along with it. Well, uh, so let me so expand on what Jim said, if I if I may interrupt you for one second. Uh, going out to schools, but have you all considered st- strategically locating maybe one or two more bookmobiles? Like, yeah, I mean, going from Philadelphia to L.A. is a tough trip. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you had yeah. something on the West Coast... Uh, no, 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 Steve I won't can, cross the Great River. No, I, I stop. <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee you that the the, the club is not uh, doesn't have the stomach for the time or expense involved in restoring a bookmobile the way we did with our '55 Chevy. Yeah, uh, that uh, that was a one-time project. So, not to say we couldn't have other bookmobiles, but it wouldn't be restored or maintained the way that uh, our current bookmobile. So that would be fun. That, that would be a lot of fun to yeah. do. Because I've done a lot of programs in, in schools yeah. around cool. here for yeah. antique cars. So do, and you, stuff. do you have plans to go west, or are you going to keep it on the east coast, basically? Oh. Well, right now, it's really wherever we're invited. Uh, depending on distance, we, we do ask for, uh, for help with, with uh, transportation costs. But the furthest south we've been so far would be would be Virginia, and then um, there's a possibility that we'll get out to Minnesota next year for the AACA Grand National, uh, which is to be held out there. Our my predecessor Kim Gardner is uh, she's part of the planning committee for that Grand National. Oh no, there's not a chance Kim. We'll get it out oh. there as well. <laughs> Steve, Steve knows Kim very well. Yeah, we've had her on the show. She, she won't. She's a sweetie. I'll yeah, tell you. she won't come back though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss another one out while we're talking about this and education. My esteemed colleague, Mr. Ronaldo, has done a presentation to grade school children, and he plays Henry Ford and talks about the evolution of the automobile. And I can assure you that it's been very successful. And what you folks might want to do is draft him to do some of these programs with children so that we can instill some enthusiasm in the hobby. It's fun, it, it, and it's yeah. a blast. I drive yeah. the I drive the 1910 car over with my uh. even in the summer with my big bearskin coat and all that other <laughs> stuff, and the kids love it. A quick story, I don't want to go, but uh, uh, another guy's uh, uh, sister is a, a, a teacher, and this was, I think, sixth grade or think, daughter, I, daughter, 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 daughter. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, so we had we did three of these uh, two-hour seminars uh, in one day. So everybody got a chance to go, and and I didn't know she had done this. And and when I, she, the first one I was talking about stuff, she wrote down what cars I was talking about, and and um, made a PowerPoint. And as I was talking, like I said, well, what's the first car? I told him I said, well, the first car actually was in the 1700s. It was a French steam car. 
Yep. And it burned itself down. Hmm. And then I, I asked a question, the next group, I said, well, what was the first, you know, self-propelled car? And this kid raised his hand and says, yeah, he said, oh, it was in the 1700s, it was a French car, and it burned itself down. I said, how did you know that? He goes, well, it's just on the picture behind you on the screen. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, you know, any, any way you can make history or, or any kind of information come alive, it's going to stick with not just young people, but older folks as well. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, you know, the take it from yeah. a sheet of paper and make it uh, real and relatable. That, that's but that's fun. For, I, I hope you do something like that. I, I hope you do something like that. That would really be fun. How many docents or volunteers do you have related just to the library? Because you can't do it with a staff of three. No, our, and our library, our, our volunteer core is it's small, but it's dedicated. We have, I believe, eight dedicated volunteers right now, and. Uh, well, because of the pandemic, they're they're not coming in. Right. They'll they'll be back helping us in October when we're at the new facility. Uh, okay. But yeah, there there are people who give us. Some of them give us just an hour a week, and others are here for a full day, one one day a week. Uh, and they do different tasks from sorting donations to basic cataloging and book preparation. Uh, really, anything that we ask them to do, they're, we're very lucky that our volunteers are willing and able to, to help us out any way they can. And you give them all the chocolate they can eat. Oh. <laughs> well, I, you know, we should. We don't. We, we generally buy them lunch quite often. Do you really? As far as, as, far as I, chocolate, I, we, we haven't given that much that much out. How about free coffee during the day? Because some of us fall asleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got plenty of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Never-ending supply of that. How much time do we have, David? Got about uh, four minutes. Well, we haven't got a whole lot of time, and I, I just want to thank you. Every time I talk to you, I learn something new that's available uh, through the library. And for those of you that don't know, if you join AACA, you get an hour and a half of free research time. And it, these guys are the best, and and uh, they do a great, great job. And uh, like I said, I think it's the most important part, because without information, you can't do this stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, I agree. It's yeah, we uh, and we all enjoy doing the research. That's uh, that's another special part of the staff here is that we're not just here punching a time clock and, and heading home. Uh, we're thinking about old cars sort of around the clock. So you know, when we get a research request, we treat it as if we're dealing something that we're that we're personally interested in. So Speaking of that, I understand that your wife has given permission for you to give out your home number so you can truly be 24-7. <laughs> yeah. Well, I check my I do check my email probably several times an hour, so yeah, if you email me critter at aaca.org, <laughs> critter. Uh, I'm, I'm going to reply. I thought you were AACA2. I thought that was, uh, that was you, Dan. <laughs> No, uh, uh, regular old critter. Yeah, uh, I love well, it. Well, you haven't got a lot of time. Why don't you tell us every all the contact information, phone numbers, emails, anything you need to tell us about how to get a hold of you guys? Sure. You can find the AACA Library on the Internet. That's aacalibrary.org. And where on the Internet? It's hard to find. <laughs> At the library section of the Internet. No, and where is you it? go to aacalibrary.org, it's going to go right to our homepage. Yeah. In our, I, uh, my email is critter, that's Ritter at aaca.org. And uh, our new address, I won't give our address out yet just because it's so confusing with the move, but the next time you have me on, if you'll have me back on, uh, we'll, we'll be able to talk about and share the new address. 
I think we could do that. Don't you, yeah. David? Have him on again sometime soon? When it opens? When they're yeah. Open. Oh, for a nominal fee. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we'll we'd love to have you on, Chris. Yeah, you, you and Steve are wonderful guests to have on, and uh, we we have always, since day one, supported AACA and feel very proud to have the uh, association that we do with you all. And certainly, uh, Mr. Ronaldo, and, and we got to get him out of those stupid uh, uh, uniforms that he wears uh, like a cheerleader, the girls' uniforms that he comes in cheering on AACA in the library all I the time. I just love my pom-poms. I know you do. <laughs> and I wish you'd quit playing with them. But anyway... Uh, he does. He is a, a one-man band for AACA Library, and uh, well, we, for AACA we appreciate that, Steve, and, and we appreciate that that America's Web Radio gives us a voice and, and helps spread our message. It's uh, it's we're very thankful. So, so yes, sincerely, thank thank you. Sure. Yeah, welcome. it's a pleasure. It is. And yeah. with that being said, we're going to have to. Uh, what do we do, Jim? Put the plug in the jug. Put the plug in the jug and get out of here. And uh, Chris, we look forward to having you on again real soon. And and as I told Steve last week, and and when I talked to him later in the week, if there's anything that you need to get out that uh, you know we can throw in on a Saturday that uh, needs to be said or something special going on, please don't hesitate to contact us, and we'll be glad to do it in the Classic Car Show. Great. Thank you again, and have a great weekend. See you later. Bye. 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 As always, what a gentleman, and uh, always fun to talk to any of those folks. All of them. Okay, the next one has to be Stacy. Stacy Zimmerman. uh, She's the um, uh, something or the other. but I don't know. She's ahead of Oh, the newsletter. Yeah, the newsletter. Speedster. Yeah. Speedster, yeah. She yeah, yeah. the convention. And the yeah, mall, we stuff. need to get her on, too. We will. We will. So, as always, thanks, guys. And uh, we'll be back on the Classic Car Show next Saturday. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.